Man, how Warriors, how are we doing out there today? I hope everybody's having a great week and really enjoyed the uh, episodes with, um, you know, with Drawn, the, the marathoner and, and five-time Boston marathoner. And that was really fun. Enjoyed the show with Lee and what she's doing with her nutrition and business. But today we have a very special guest on. It, it's somebody that I've known for about a year now. I did a speaking event for Ohio and wound up uh, meeting Danae. And she's a great person. You're going to enjoy what she has to say today. But before I get into that, I want to say that, hey, if you'd like to sponsor my podcast, uh, please send an email or message me on Facebook. We'd love to have your, your sponsor. This podcast, as we move forward with, with mental health and, and helping people how to look at mental health maybe in a different way uh, and knowing that it's okay not to be okay. Uh, you know, I'm the mental health warrior, but I can't take credit for that title. Uh, actually, the lady you see on the screen with me is actually the person who came up with it. Uh, and I just kind of enjoyed it and loved it and, and loved the meaning of it. And she's going to go through all that with you guys today and kind of how she, she came up with all that and kind of what she's been doing. And it's really pretty awesome. She's a pretty awesome lady and she's got a really great story. Uh, and then later on, she's going to get into NAMI and what NAMI is and how important that is. Um, I do attend her NAMI meetings and I think it's a, a great way for people who you know, want to have that, that home therapy session or just have a session where you can log in with a group of like-minded people or strangers and, and talk about your issues and problems that you're having that week. And it's really awesome. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and say welcome, Mental Health Warriors. Welcome, Danae, to the show. We appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. <laughs> Well, thank you, Cliff, and um, I'm so excited to be on your podcast um, because, you know, you and I are kindred spirits, and <laughs> yeah. I'm so proud of you for doing this. You know, it, it's interesting when I, I think of myself as a writer, and so, um, and I'll get into this in just a minute, um, but I think what's really key is this is a movement, and this is about educating, equipping, and empowering people to live a productive life. I think the most important thing is, and this is why I'm so pleased um, about what you're doing, Cliff, is we are normalizing being a mental health warrior. And, yeah. you know, for a decade of my life, I lived with the stigma of I am crazy, dangerous, or violent. Yeah. And, you know, that is not the truth. I mean, if you look here, this is my office. You know, there's my husband and there's my son. And, you know, I'm just a early Midwestern woman in the heartland of this country that loves this country. And I love our, our, our servicemen and women and their families. And I want them to know that, you know, and so, uh, you know, um, that's why I'm so proud of you for what you're doing. And, and you are not only a mental health warrior, Cliff, you are a mental health warrior pioneer. And I will talk a little bit about that in just a minute. You know, I, you know, not not to catch you off, but I, I want to jump in real quick. You know, that that's something that's important that you brought up. That you know, ten years ago, or or even less than that, if you had a mental health condition, people already thought that you were crazy, or you know, something else went on you. And, and, and in reality, all is we're just normal people who has different things go on. I mean, God made us all different, right? And so everything affects everybody differently. And and you know, one thing I'm trying to do, and one thing that you're doing is trying to normalize that it's okay to have those issues and problems like I talked in the beginning. And, and as we move forward with, with this podcast and all the other things that other people are doing that are great and wonderful, um, I just hope somebody just, just looks at that and just knows that it's, it's okay and it's absolutely all right that, to feel that way or have that issue or problem or, or whatever. Our main goal is just for you to get better and to live the best life that you live. 
And I'll turn it back over to you, Danae. Sorry. Amen. I love it. Preach it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, so and uh, another thing, I did have my own, and I will go into this a little bit. I I did have my own dark night of the soul. I have actually been hospitalized five times, starting with uh, episode with psychosis, as well as um, the ICU, and actually had ECT treatments on my brain, which um, I won't discuss. Um, but what what I think is really important is that um, I am passionate about helping people so that they avoid the dark night of the soul that I went through. Yeah. It's really critical. And the other thing I think that it's funny, I'm a mom and, you know, some sometimes as a mom or as it maybe it's just human nature, right? We, we think when it happens to me, oh, it's just me, you know, oh, yeah. you know, there's something wrong with me, you know, all those feelings of negative self-talk and all that. Um, mm -hmm. But it, was, it wasn't until I saw a friend of mine go into mania again, and he had to be hospitalized, that I oh, coined wow. the phrase mental health warrior. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you know what? We are warriors. We battle with our brains every single day. And, mm -hmm. and um, I, you know, it, you know, trauma, I, it's interesting, Cliff, I was telling, I was telling your producer that um, I just had an article come out today called We Are All Mental Health Warriors in the Times Gazette, one of the, one of my paper, papers mm -hmm. down here in Cincinnati. And, you know, so that was, um, that is the truth. We are all mental health warriors. So here's a little bio about me, uh, you know, um, and this really has to do with the whole idea of busting the stigma. You know, I am a mom. Um, I have a background in marketing. I, you know, I have a bachelor's degree. And after I had a psychotic break, I actually went back to school again. So here's a little bio about me. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. Um, well, but, no, that but you know what, you know, jump in. You know, that's important because you're just a normal person, right? You're a normal mom. Right. You, you had these issues and problems and, and look at your achievements and things that you've been able to achieve prior to and then after, you know, your psychosis, psychosis events. And that's very important, you know, as people watch this podcast, to keep in mind that, you know, you can be at a stoppage right now at this point in your life, right? But you can go on and do, you know, other great things like I have and like Danae has, she's going to talk about it more uh, as she moves on forward with what she has to say, so... Well, and, you know, you're right. An old boss of mine used to say, you know, we shouldn't judge people by their worst day in their life, you know, yeah. and that's really true. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, I did, I have moved on. I mean, it was traumatic. It was a, it was a true dark night of the soul. And I'll get into that in just a minute. Um, but what I think everyone needs to understand is that we are all human, you know, and, um, the thing that I think that has really come up um, since COVID is that everyone is understanding now, every, through COVID, everyone has a taste of mental illness. Yeah. You know, the loneliness, the depression, isolation, uh, you know, isolation right. And so um, now, interesting for me, like I said, I've been hospitalized five times and I don't want to go through all those telling you, but um in 2019, I was, because of a sodium deficiency, um, that due to the medications that I was on, I got low sodium. I ended up in the ICU and they put a salt in my neck because it would have um, burned my veins. Oh, um, wow. So it was, you know, pretty life-threatening really. And um, it, it totally whacked my head. You know, they, they pulled me off all my drugs and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, 
the darkest night of that experience was when my husband, my son graduated from high school. I was actually on the psych ward and I had, to, my husband is very tech savvy. He actually got me an iPad. And so there I was on the psych ward. Sorry, I'll get a little choked up. No, it's fine. Perfectly fine. Um, I was tears streaming down my eyes as I was watching my son stand because he was salutatorian of his high school class oh, wow. not valedictorian he was like a point away yeah but salutatorian of his high school class and so that was really my dark my most recent dark night of the soul and um you know i you know if it weren't for a lot of faith and and you know you talked about god and, and support you know that could have been the end for me but yeah. i decided to push through it and um you know, I decided to go on and I, as I have told you, as I told your producer before, I have lost someone to suicide. And so, yeah. um, you know, that's why we're doing this is because yeah. when you feel like you are all alone and in your dark night of the soul, please know you are not alone. That's okay? right. And just because you have suicidal thoughts, just because you have feelings of depression, you know, um, I go back and speak at the psych ward where I was. Oh, wow. And it's amazing. I, and I tell people, and one guy said to me, he said, you know, I, I have these thoughts that I want to end my life. And I said, that's your brain telling you that it's sick. Okay. Yeah. You know, how do you, how does the rest of your body tell you that it's in pain? Well, you, you feel pain, you know, yeah. that's it. Right. Sorry. Um, how do you, the rest of the body tell you that it's hurt? You feel pain. Well, the only way your brain can tell you that it is not healthy is when it goes down that rabbit hole of negativity, you know, when you become obsessed with whatever, you know? And yeah. so I said, when you have those thoughts, you need to call your doctor right then mm -hmm. and say, look, I'm having suicidal thoughts, you know, and you need to, you need, I mean, I don't mean to. I don't mean to tell you what to do, but you you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That that you got to do something to break the cycle of your way of thinking at that moment. Amen. Yeah. You're totally right mm -hmm. about that. So you know. So what I want your audience to know is that you know we all go through dark night of the soul. That's part of what um, I I want to I talked about in this in my article today is that you know I was standing with a friend when she lost a loved one you know unexpectedly she's a mental mm -hmm. health warrior you know, a, a, a tra traumatic event, an injury, a long-term illness, a death of a loved one, you know, you know, we were talking a little bit about some of the transitions um, from going to one unit to another unit um, or transition from being in the service to no longer being in the service right. or the transition of seeing this country make some decisions that you personally don't agree with, which is part yeah. of the reason why I'm on the show today yeah. is that I want you know, servicemen and women to know that as a, I'm just a thorough Midwestern woman, but I support and pray for you guys. And you are important, you know, regardless of who's in office. So that's important. Um, one of the things, there's a couple things you can, you can see two things. If you look behind me, you see one of my drawings, mm -hmm. but um, this first slide, the slide that sh I'm showing is the beginning after I went through, you know, the ICU and and ECT treatments and all that in 2019, um, after I was so, you know, thoroughly depressed, um, 
um, I started by drawing. And the hey, reason Danae, I-, I got a quick question for you. So when you were going through psychosis, I know one of the things we've talked to in the past is you got to the point where you wasn't sleeping. Is that right? Right. And that kind of kind of really affected and, and put you in into the hospital. Yeah. Right. Can, you talk, can you talk about that a little bit? Because oh, I think absolutely. that's kind of kind of important, if you don't mind, uh, no, for somebody maybe be having you know similar issues or problems, or or maybe somebody they know might be having those. Um, if you don't mind sharing that, I appreciate. Oh, absolutely. It. Um, basically, what happened? And, and well, I won't go back to the other slide. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <I'm, laughs> we we I'm can sorry. look at your art while you talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. All good. Um, but uh, basically, what happened is I went five nights without sleep, and um. And then I went into psychosis. Now, when I say I went five nights without sleep, I mean, I did not sleep. This was not, did I sleep last night? This was one o'clock, 105, two o'clock, 205, mm. three o'clock, 305. You know, what the, what the, my first psychiatrist told me was not allowing an enemy soldier to sleep is a form of torture. Yeah. Okay. And I wish all psychiatrists and everyone knew this message. So thank you very much, Cliff, because this is my, if, if you take nothing away from this podcast, but this, this is it. Okay. When it comes to mental illness, my first psychiatrist said this, it all comes down to sleep. Yeah. So as a parent, if your child is in puberty and they're not sleeping, that's important. Okay. Yeah. That is not just puberty. Okay. That is a warning sign of mental illness. Now, for me, literally, if I go one night without sleep, I have to call the doctor because, um, you know, um, I one time I got stung by a bee and they put me on a steroid and I went into mania. Mm. So I am a very I have a very sensitive system. And, you know, my my chemistry in my brain has to be just right. And the other thing that some of your viewers might not know is. The other thing why this is so important is when you do something like have a suicide attempt um, and then you go on the psych ward and then they put you off, they, uh, they heavily medicate you yeah. too much because they don't want you to try again. Yeah. But I believe there are positive and constructive ways for you to deal with those feelings yeah. of depression. And for me, I did it through art therapy. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, one thing I do on my show is ask veterans to sing in music that they've written themselves as their way as therapy for them to get through with what they've been in. And we've we've actually had uh, several veterans do that. And even uh, the last episode, um, the podcast was with um, Ron Dawson, uh, one of my friends, his wife, who has issues, uh, actually sang, sang that song. And she has an absolutely amazing, beautiful voice. And I didn't even know it was her. And I've known this guy for 30 years. They've been married for almost 20. I had no idea it was her singing. I was like, Todd, who is this person singing? He's like, Cliff, that's my wife. I'm like, what? Man, I couldn't believe it. But, you know, she she finds uh, therapy through that. And she she called and texted me that night and was so thankful um, that I played her song. It just made her feel really good about herself. And so as you go through your art therapy, I want everybody to keep that in mind is that you know, these different therapy techniques out there can work for, for anybody. And you just got to find something to change your way of thinking. And so this is Danae, who was out of the hospital, coming out of the hospital. And now she's going through her therapy and whatever she needed to do. And that was through art. And she's got some amazing pictures she's going to show us today. And they want to show some more at the end. 
Um, and so go ahead and continue, Dana. And so I just wanted to say that. Well, thank you, Cliff. Well, and what I want people to understand is I'm showing these pictures. They're not perfect, okay? The they don't first have one, to be. I, well, the first one I call recovery. That was a scribble drawing, you know? And then I go well, into rebuilding and then rebirth. And then um, the, what actually happened was after what really helped me was I got enrolled in an art class after when this is right before COVID hit. Can you go back to the other slide? I want to say something real quick. Sure. So one thing I noticed when you put this up and, and you were talking about the stages you were going through, one thing I noticed is that your colors of your drawing got more vibrant. Right. And so you can see that as you were going through your recovery, that that you were improving and your mind and what you were thinking about was was changing. And, and I saw that very quickly as you were going through that. And that's pretty amazing to see something that subtle. But I noticed it that that you can see that you just get a little bit brighter and brighter and brighter uh, with each one of your drawings. You go to the next slide now. Well, and what I want, and, that, and that's why I, I want people to understand, you don't have to be a Michelangelo or a no. Leonardo da Vinci. It no. doesn't matter. It's just start. You know, yeah. this was so much more therapeutic for me than having ECT treatments. Okay. Yeah. I will just tell you, this was so much more therapeutic and cathartic for me. Sure. And so um, what ended up happening is I enrolled in a drawing class right before COVID hit. And what happened, and you'll see this at the end of the podcast, is my 50 days of drawing uh, video, is um, so our, our teacher was like, okay, guy. And, you know, when I first went into that class, I could hardly speak to any of those students. You know, yeah. here I am, this old woman, you know, coming again to an art class at a, a community college and feeling like shit, you know, and so fragile, you know, yeah. I, I almost quit the class, you know, but it was the art teacher that actually helped me say, no, you're doing well, keep going. And yeah. um, I remember the first time they critiqued one of my drawings, I was like, you know, they used the word critique, but they were all so positive and affirming. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I didn't think it was all that good, you know? And so um, this is actually a part of the 50 days of drawing. And okay. um, this one I'm particularly proud of because this one has so many different meanings. One of the people from NAMI Brown County said, you know, Danae, your apple slices remind me of myself. You know, after my psychotic break, I felt like I was divided up into all these pieces, you know? And so that is a part of the, the, the metaphor. And then for me, it's, um, you know, I, I actually ate this apple. And <laughs> I took the pictures and um, I was trying really hard. You know, the apple slices got brown so quick. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's actually hard, you know, to get it. But um, this is probably one of my most proud pictures. And you can tell it's what I use yeah. for my virtual background yeah. as well. But part of the reason is I want people to understand that, you know, you are a creative being and it may yeah. not be art. It may be music. It may be um uh, puzzles. It may be crossword puzzles. It may be words. It may be, um, uh, you know, taking uh, pictures, taking pictures. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter. And, and it doesn't, and it, what doesn't matter is, is just give yourself permission to pursue that. Yes. Whatever your creative passion is, pursue that. Yeah. And, um, one of the, one of the, I have, I do columns and one of the therapists talks about this idea of mood congruence. 
And so, yes, you are going to feel bad at times. And that's okay for a period of time. You know, it's okay to watch a sad movie, you know, sure. for two hours. Now, I'm not saying it's okay to be in bed for five days straight. That's not right. what I'm saying. But, but it, it is allow yourself to have that emotional release yes. is so important. You know, my and husband. I think for men, that's a hard thing to do, right? To have oh, that yes. emotional release. I know it was, it was tough for me. Um, and that was a hard thing for me to go, especially when I started doing speaking events, is I would try to hide my emotions. And, you know, as I, as I tell my story, and you've heard me tell my story, you know, I laugh, I cry, and I just speak from my heart now. And, and not to leave those things bottled up it, for a man. I'm telling you, all the men out there, it, it feels so much better when you can do it. And, I, and I'm not talking about, you know, crying in a corner and, and curl up in a ball or, or if that's what you want to do, great, that's fine. But I'm just saying is, is just allowing yourself to release that and however you release it as a, as a person and to know it's okay to do that. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I've realized that it really helps my husband is rock music, you know, oh, yeah. and he will in the yeah, evening, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll be together on the couch and I'll have my knitting and he'll have the rock music playing. And for him, there is so much emotional connection, you know, to that nostalgic mm -hmm. period that that allows him to make, take the, you know, cause he has a stressful job working for a, for a startup. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, that, that got to deliver mentality. Yep. Um, but that allows him some downtime and then to kind of resonate with a part of himself that he, you know, his youth, which is a good thing. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, and so music, um, art, a drawing, um, I'm, I'm a writer, journaling is so important to me. Yeah. I mean, journaling, using my hands, as you can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if I'm not doing something, that's why I have to have use my PowerPoint template is because yeah. I'm a marketer. Yeah. So well, anyway. I have to exercise. I mean, my outlet is exercising, you know, and right. people, you know, I don't brag about it. When I, when I post my run times on Instagram or Facebook, I never put my time because the time doesn't matter to me. I set a goal for a distance. So whether it's two miles, four miles, six, whatever it is, that's my goal for the day. And if it takes me 30 minutes to run three miles. Great. If it takes me 50 minutes to run three miles. Great. It doesn't matter. My goal was just to go that distance and back. And, and that's why I never post times because to me, it's it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Right. I would agree. And then, then the next thing that I, you know, you know, me, I, I can't get by without talking about NAMI because it took me seven years to find the national Alliance on mental illness. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a really dark time for me. I had my own suicide attempt before I found NAMI. And yeah. I truly believe if I would have known about NAMI before, um, I don't believe I would have attempted my own life because then I would have understood that I was not alone. Yeah. And I would have understand that, you know, the brain is one of the most marvelous organs in the universe. I had a medical mm -hmm. doctor tell me. Yep, you know, absolutely. the brain is, and so it's also the most fragile. And so we need to give ourselves permission, you know, and um, one of the proudest achievements of my life is founding NAMI Brown County. And this July, we're going to celebrate five years. And so that's something that that's really important to me. Um, one, of, one of the ironies that happened to me after being hospitalized in 2019 was in, in, um, in, two, in February of 2020, I actually won the Ohio News Media Hooper Award for my mental health column. Oh, wow. Amazing. And um, so that was, you know, here I was feeling like shit. 
and um, you know, no self-confidence at all. And, and here I won this award, you know? <laughs> you know? How amazing. And, um, but the, I mean, I don't like you, Cliff, I'm not saying this to, you know, pat no. my own ego, no. but what I want no. people to understand is that, you know, you have unique skills, talents, and abilities. And if you push through those dark night of the soul times, you will find your passion and, and your catharsis and what find, you know, what writing is to me. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I, you know, I did an episode where I talked about hunting good stuff, right? You always find three good things that happened to you that day. Uh, no matter how bad your day was, there's three good things. And, and you were saying you were having a bad day, whatever. And then you find out you got this uh, award that you weren't expecting and how something as simple as that could change your mindset and what you were thinking. Uh, and and that, that's a, and a, your hard work, your achievement, uh, other people noticed in your writing. I know you wrote a wonderful article on me after I did the speaking event there for recovery. Um, and, you know, it speaks volumes to not only you as a person, but your passion that you have for writing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, um, I, I think this is where we should, um, uh, at the end, perhaps put in um, my email address um, sure. yeah. as a contact for NAMI Brown County. Yeah. Um, we have the NAMI Brown County Zooms are international. So people from wherever can join. They are yeah. the second and fourth Thursday of the month mm-hmm. at 7 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yep. Um, and uh, mental health warriors, I do. I am part of that group. Uh, so if you do sign into it, you will see me when I can. Sometimes I'm just too busy to do it. But I do try to make an attempt at least once a month or, or twice a month if I can to make that session. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. I thoroughly in, in talking to the people uh, on there about their issues and problems and just kind of what NAMI really stands for and what they do. And it's free of charge. There's no charge for it. It's free other than getting on your computer and on the internet or your phone and signing in. And even if you don't have a camera, you can go in voice and just listen still. You know, there's some people that join uh, by voice only. They don't have their camera on or they don't have a camera. And that's perfectly fine, too. Um, so go ahead and, and uh, continue. Uh, but as you go through and talk about about NAMI um, and things like that, I just want people to, to understand that, that NAMI's in all the states and territories. And so yeah. if you don't want to join Brown County, Ohio, which you can, absolutely. And I encourage you to do so because Danae's uh, sessions are great. Um, there's one in your local community that you can join also. Yeah. Um, NAMI, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, is the nation's largest grassroots organization for people with a mental illness or their caregiver or their loved one, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it was founded in the 1970s by two mothers of schizophrenics, schizophrenic, okay. sorry, mm-hmm. and um, it is in all 50 states, as, as Cliff said, um, in Ohio, we, it is, the, uh, there are like 40 affiliates. Uh, for 88 counties, but their um, NAMI.org is the URL, you know, for the national NAMI, and they do have a register registry, so you could go search by state, and then you could go down by county and see if you're NAMI affiliate. So, as mm-hmm. Cliff said, you know, there is more than just uh, NAMI Brown County, a lot actually, yeah. and um, what's really wonderful about NAMI is because. When those two mothers founded NAMI in, in, in the 1970s, they were told that their, um, the reason their children had mental illness was because of bad parenting. Mm. 
So it was really about mental illness stigma, even back then. Oh, yeah. And but just think of how far we've come today. You know, I think a lot about those two women, two mothers who were passionate about their children. Yeah. And um, they they didn't take no for an answer. And Cliff, you didn't take no for an answer either. And that's why I call you a mental health pioneer, because you are more than just a mental health warrior. You are a mental health pioneer. You know, even when the military um, wanted to silence you, yeah. you spoke out because you knew it was the right thing to do to save yeah. lives. And so I want to applaud you and commend you for that on the Mental Health Warrior podcast. Well, thank you for that. It's, it's, you know, it was something near and dear to me. And, and uh, you know, it, it, my 34 year military career, that's the only thing I did wrong was not shut up and quit talking about it. But you know, I believe when God closes one door, he opens another one. So uh, tomorrow's another day and just keep moving forward because that's all I know how to do. Well, and, and this is why I wanted to bring this up and put in this slide. One of the people that helped me when I first, you know, I, I got involved with NAMI Southwest Ohio first in Cincinnati. And I was, I was, you know, I went through the classes. They have a number of wonderful classes. Um, they have a um, they have a family to family group, which is for caregivers, and then there's a peer to peer group. And this is these are eight week classes that teach you all about mental health. So these are wonderful classes. There's one called NAMI Homefront for military personnel, and there's one called On Demand, which is okay. for younger for um, people under the age of eighteen. Okay. Um, so we were actually, and I became a presenter for NAMI Southwest Ohio, and we had a meeting of presenters. And I want to tell you a little bit about my friend, Charles. And um, Charles and I presented together. And he said to me, Danae, you have a gift for presenting. And I said, I thought to myself, what a humble man. You know, mm -hmm. here he is. Usually people want to talk about themselves, but here he is giving me a compliment. You know, so right. Charles was very special to me. Well, um, I had not taken what Charles and another woman and I decided that out here, about 20 miles east of Cincinnati, there was no NAMI. That's yeah. why it took me seven years to find NAMI. There was no NAMI out here. So um, we decided that we were going to see if we could start a NAMI affiliate out, out in these counties. Mm -hmm. And um, Charles was a part of that. And I was, I was taking a NAMI peer-to-peer -peer class. And this is another hard story, but I know that's okay. Um, that's Charles why we're here. Charles was actually teaching the class. He was the teacher of the class and he was going through a medication transition and he felt like he was climbing the walls. Hmm. And I said to Charles, I said, Charles, go to the emergency room. Yeah. You know, I thought that's what you need to do. What Charles said to me was in his still small, you know, still quiet voice. He said, there are people depending on me. Yeah. The next week when I shoot, showed up for class, there was no class because Charles died by suicide. Um, I will never forget that. Um, I ended up, I had my own meds transition and ended up in the hospital again. And I wrote a poem called, I am a life preserver because of that. And I know this is part of the reason why that Cliff and his producer are creating this podcast is we want to save lives. You know, and I want, so I made a promise to Cliff, um, Charles's memory, sorry, 
that I would mention him so that people would understand that they are not alone. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the whole veteran trash talk, you know, family is, is to get veterans out there, just a voice to go out and, and talk. And of course, my show is more broad and than that, uh, as we talk about any mental health issues, whether you've been in the service or not, but it really, you know, allows people to have that space and that time to know that they're not alone. You are, you are different and unique in yourself, but you're not different and unique thinking that you're the only one with this issue and problem, that there's other people out there that's gone through the same issues and problems and have gone on to have a successful life and career and whatever they chose to do. And so it's just important for people to remember that we're all in this together. This is why I do that. And everybody else does what they do. And Danae does what she does. And just never think that you're always alone. Because I guarantee you, even if you don't think you're important, and I say this a lot, you're important to somebody and they love you and they want you here tomorrow, whether that's a friend, family member, distant relative or whoever. So. Well, and, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to come on your broadcast is, you know, to be honest. Because um, I begged you. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. You know, what, what you showed me, Cliff, was I was like, um, uh, another difficult topic, Afghanistan. Um, you know, I am not pleased. I was not pleased and I was horrified um, when I could come outside myself and see how you know the the hearts and mind battle that that the U.S. military that's how we treat people when we are in in country as I understand it um, that was not you know the government was not consistent and you know it broke my heart and I said Cliff how can I help I yeah. want our service men and women and their families to know that as a thoroughly Midwestern woman. I care about you. And regardless of what our this country's government is doing, I value the sacrifices and service of what you are doing. And what Cliff, you said to me was, Danae, you can share about your mental health journey. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would love to come on this podcast on a frequent basis. Sure. And because I see this as my focus group, you know, my background mm-hmm. in marketing about how can I help? You know, I was telling your producer before, you know, I, I do a little knitting, you know, would they like some, a knit, knitted hat? I mean, you know, right. I'm not, I'm not a great cookie maker, but you know, maybe we can work that out. You know, right. with some other people. <laughs> well, no, that's really great. And I know a lot of people out there in the military, you know, during the Afghanistan debacle and, and I'm not going to get into that because my show is not political. Um, but a lot of soldiers who, who give their life or had friends give their life or who fought many battles over there who have injuries and scars from that, uh, they were very hurt by that. Um, and I, I took many a phone calls to Nate. You cared enough to call me on the phone shortly after that broke. And we talked for a long time uh, and I had a lot of my veteran friends call me. And I did a lot of speaking events for corporations that had veterans groups because their workers were hurting because of that. And they, they noticed that. Um, and kudos to those companies who cared enough for their employees to have me come in and, and speak and tell my story of help and, and kind of, you know, have that conversation with them about Afghanistan and knowing it's okay to have those, those feelings of hurt and being upset, uh, just to have the government throw their hands up in the air and say, we're done and go on. So, well, and I think that's, that's a part of, I, I know this from a friend who's in the, uh, who's in the police force. You know, a lot of times the police officers don't feel, understand that, you know, and NAMI has a program called, um, where we go speak at, at, at crisis intervention teams training about mental health and tell our stories. 
And what I always say to those police officers is, thank you for putting your life on the line for mine every day. And that's the same message that I want our military personnel to understand. Yeah. You know, that, that, you know, I'm just a thoroughly Midwestern woman, but I am thanking you for your service. And I want to know how I can help you. And through mental health is a way that I can give back. Yeah. So one of the things that I wanted to talk a, a little bit about is the mental health warrior creed, um, because I created this mental health warrior creed um, modeled after this, the soldier's creed. And, you know, it's all I statements and I'm not going to go through all of it today. Uh, you know, you talked a little bit about God uh, at Cliff and you know that that is important to me. You know, part yeah. of what I think um, has been going on in our culture is for the last 500 years, our culture has kind of been obsessing over ourselves, you know, like we're hot shit, you know, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know. Well, but you know, everybody knows that um, the brain is probably the most marvelous organ in the universe, according to a doctor who told me yeah. that. And so we all intuitively know that we didn't design this world. You know, yes, you know, miraculous techno technological advancements. Without a doubt, we have come a long way. Yeah. But yet there's a part of us within ourselves that says, wait a minute. You know, uh, and some people believe in a God and some people do not. But what helped me realize when that dark night of the soul, again, you know, when I'm in hospice again and feeling like shit was, wait a minute, what about God? Does he love me and does he care about me? And I really had to say, you know what? This culture tells me I'm not enough. You know, this culture says I'm shit because I have a mental illness. You know, right. now it's a little softer these days, but you're it's less, still there. You're, le you're less than. Yeah, you're less than, right. Yeah. So I had to go back to my own spiritual heritage and look into the Bible and look at, wait a minute. The Bible, God, the Bible says I am God's creation. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go back to that picture behind me, um, Besides my husband and my son, what do I love the most in life? My own creations, mm -hmm. my own artistic creations. And I feel, I feel connected with God when I am drawing. So, you know, um, there is an alternate worldview that I want everyone to know. And that's why I modeled it after the whole um, mental health warrior creed you know i don't know if you want me to read them all but no, um, well people can pause it when they're watching the podcast and, and go through but I, I do want to point out a couple of important ones here that i think are all important um but you know number seven is very important i don't have to be perfect to be loved i think a lot of people nowadays think they have to have the perfect body or you know the perfect picture on tiktok or you know instagram or snapchat or, or whatever and just know that we all aren't perfect and, and you know, all cameras have filters and you just need to take the filter off of life every now and then and accept it. Right. Uh, you know, and then really, um, you know, number nine and 10, you know, is very important. You know, we write and speak about my lived experience to bust mental health stigma. That's why I do what I do. Danae, that's why you do what you do. And I think that's very important. But I will caveat to that is, you know, talking about your lived experience is great and wonderful, but it also can be very stressful to the person doing it. 
And so before you make that step to go out and do that and speak about those things that were not the best things in your life, just make sure that you're right mentally and that you can handle that to relive that over and over. And I will be honest with my, my audience is that, you know, if I do too many speaking events in a row, it, it mentally wears me out and I have to take a break. And, and there was a time in my life where I was just so focused on helping others, I forgot to take care of myself. And then I started to suffer from it. Um, and so it's, it's very important to know what your limits are, uh, whether you're exercising or, or, you know, you're writing or whatever you're doing, uh, telling your lived experience, just know what your limits are and what you're comfortable with and with not talking about. And, and number 10 is very important to just choose life. I mean, I know what it's like. Danae, you know what it's like. Uh, Kevin, the producer, he knows what it's like not want to live, to live, to be in those dark places. We've all been there. And, and I will tell you, I hated the sunrise as much as I hated the moonrise. And I talked about that a couple podcasts ago. And, and so I understand it. You understand it. Kevin understands it. And so, you know, we just have to learn how to choose life. And we say that easily, but we know that that path's not easy, right? We know that because we walk that path. And so what we're trying to do is help people that when they do walk down that path, not to hit as many potholes as we hit as we went down there. So we're trying to smooth the road out for you so that you can get to the point where you can choose life. And it is a daily choice. Uh, choosing daily life choice. is a daily choice. You know, one of the things that was wonderful for me, Cliff, that I don't know, you didn't, I, I, I don't think you had the opportunity to participate in, is NAMI has a program called In Our Own Voice. And that's where I learned to tell my story. Yeah. And um, it it's, you know, you learn it's okay to get, I mean, you know, I got a little teared up. I call it misty. I got a little misty, you know, talking about Charles and my son's graduation. Sure, That's okay, yeah. you know. Um, but, um, and the most important thing to know is that you, like I said, you are not alone and you yeah. have community of support through here, through NAMI Brown County, you know, through the tra uh, Trash Talk Network, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and um, a lot of times what they tell people who are, feeling suicidal is that if you can procrastinate, you know, for a day, you know, and, and then that way you just keep putting it off. I mean, I, I mm -hmm. have some friends who have to deal with, you know, suicidal thoughts a lot. And, yeah. um, but, but if you can find creative outlets, mm -hmm. um, that's how I really, you know, found my voice, if you will. Yeah. And I want to encourage everyone to do that. And, and it's also through my creative outlets that I got connected back connected with the God of the universe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's all I had to cover. <laughs> oh, that was it. <laughs> well, that, you know, that was, that was really great today. And I appreciate it. Um, you know, you've, you've done a lot of great things there in your community writing. And one thing I want to do and, and we'll show is, is please share a link to your, newspaper articles that you write um they're very moving and and i think a lot of people will enjoy going out and reading them wrapping up i want to say danae i appreciate you coming on i know we're going to have you on it again in the future um and for all my mental health warriors out there that are watching uh please please log on and, and follow danae uh her writings that she does so they're really great and if you want to join nami we'll have her email address up to shoot her an email uh, she'll add you to the Zoom call and you can sit there with your camera on or off, your choice. Uh, but you just know that you will see me on there and I will talk about things um, because I think it's important. And for me, it's to me, it's just a nice little stress relief 
for the week, you know, just to get on there. And, and sometimes we don't really talk about the real right. heavy sometimes we stuff. Just, it's just, it's just a conversation. Yeah, you know, <laughs> people say, well, you know, my, you know, last week, I'm not going to say her name, but she said she was having car troubles and then her car got fixed. And so she was having a better day. And she talked about that. And it was funny because a buddy of mine, I just got off the phone with him because he was having car trouble. So I guess last week was a car trouble week, I guess. I, right. you know, I don't know, right. but it, it, it's kind of great and nice. Um, if you'd like to sponsor my podcast, please shoot me an email or hit me up on uh, Messenger. Uh, we'd love to have you as a sponsor. And, and as we sign off here, Danae, thanks again. And everybody take care and you have a great mental health week, everybody.